Be sure to catch live editions of Rogan and Rodney weekdays at noon on AM 570 LA Sports. And don't miss the FNA podcast with show producer Kevin Figures and Clippers host Adam Oslin on the iHeartRadio app. AM 570 in LA Sports Icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Pete. It's available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. We continue. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Uh, later this hour, in case you missed Ned Coletti when he came out at 1 o'clock, we're going to talk more about the Dodgers, getting to some of the stuff that Ned had to say. But uh, we need to get everybody caught up on what's going on, Rodney. Let's do it. Yeah, we have to. We have no choice. Uh, yeah. you know, We wish we had a choice, but we have none. <laughs> it, it is our civic responsibility. It's our duty. Fred. It's our duty. It right. It really is. And, and we will adhere to our duty. And before we do that, we must also give everyone a breath of life. Yes. A moment of spirituality. I'll talk to him, Fred. <laughs> and a way to come together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So to do that, we must welcome on a man who's back with crystal clear audio. Oh, yeah. Joining us for the Daily Haiku at 2, which today is at 210 is Vic the Brick. Vic, good afternoon. Oh, good afternoon, Fred. Hello, Vic. Good afternoon, Rodney Pete. Oh, Pete, come on now. VTP. He's the executive producer of the Rogan and Rodney Show. Put your hands together. Show the love for Dr. Kevin Figures. Mm-hmm. Dr. Figures. <laughs> I call I call Kevin Dr. Figures because he always generates medical counsel for myself. No. And what would that be? What counsel did you need given his medical background? Well, like today, Yuko and myself, we were lucky enough to get our first shot. Pfizer, Pfizer, give me some Pfizer now. Well, how did how did Dr. Figures assist you in that? It gave us confidence because I was a little apprehensive. You know, being, you know, my, my, my immune system is very compromised yes. as is Yuko's so I, want, I wanted to get his feedback on the on the uh, vaccinations and he gave us a crystal clear blue persuasion on what to uh, what to expect and what to uh, what to feel and he's been totally right I just feel a little woozy right now but as I said to Kevin I, I feel woozy all the time what's the difference hello two shows nightly Pacoima Hilton what time did you? Uh, <laughs> what, what time did you get the, the shot, Vic? What time? About twelve thirty-five. All right. So in, in an hour or two, you'll you'll take a little nap. Yeah, I got a Whittier Whittier Press here in Whittier. Sure. There was about I'd say five hundred cars lined up to get the shot. Yeah. Yeah. And it went smooth, very smooth. 
So I feel good. I feel good. In two weeks, we'll get the second sh shot. Pfizer dose. And we're uh, good to go. Oh, it's only two weeks with Pfizer. Two weeks, yeah. Oh, Moderna was longer. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Now, if they had offered me Johnson & Johnson, yes. I said, I got your Johnson right here. Because ah! <laughs> no way was they going to you know, get that Johnson deal going until it's fully, fully clear by the CDC, the FCC, and the ADC, and ACDC as well. <laughs> Thank you so much. On the ones and the twos and the threes and the fours, give it up. It's Ronnie Facio. I'm oh, feeling you, Vic. Don't the vaccination, it. nah. Yeah, nah. A Pfizer. I'm a Pfizer fan. And Dodger fans, world champion Dodger fans. Feeling you. Take a deep breath because tonight we're breaking out. The funk will be over tonight with Walker Bueller. Six o'clock. Pre-game show, Morongo Casino Dodgers on deck with Tim Cates. About seven-ish. Bueller throws the first pitch right here, AM 570, LA Sports. We're breaking out tonight. I think the fellas have had it. I know the fans have had it. We're sick and tired of this. I'm tired of extra inning crap. I'm just, tired just want a nice, hell, clean. It's tired as hell, Fred. I'm tired of losing, you know? This team's too good. You know, that's why I, this you, haiku, I went right to Basho. Wait a minute, Vic. You know who the home plate umpire is tonight? Hernandez. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When you say, are you a, fr are you a friend of Hernandez? or No, I just... What's your relationship with uh, with Hernandez? I just root against him. Okay. No jinxes, Fred. Oh, please. He'll do that himself. Angel will jinx everybody. Got the Angel Hernandez drinking game going, Vic. Take a shot every time he misses one. <laughs> Gonna be a lot of drunk people out there. That's what I'm saying. Mm. Well, this haiku for the Dodgers, and I went straight to the heavyweights. Yeah. Because I'm pulling no punches anymore. I'm tired of was it six of eight? We've we dropped six of we're 15 and seven. Tired with the hated ones? Are you kidding me? No, unacceptable. I know the fellas are not accepting this. Yes, they're banged up. I get it. But still, you got to hit with runners in scoring position. You just have to. You just have to drive in that run. It's it's just a necessity. It's just it's the way of baseball, man. So we go to Basho. I love it. it. Basho, Fred. Heavyweight. Right, you know. Heavyweight. You going heavyweight? I'm pulling no punches. All right, let's go. This haiku for you on this Tuesday, April the 27th. Plum blossom scent as the sun comes up on a path through the mountains. I'm feeling you! Dodgers win tonight. Okay, Rick, come on now. I, I, I did receive that one. I thought that was solid, come Vic. Come on. Simplicity Thank at you. its finest. Went to Basho, man. Yeah, you went to Basho, then you just threw it the end. Dodgers win tonight. Yes. Yeah. But at least you did not interrupt the haiku with that. Not at all. I was just part of my part of the flow. Yeah. I thought it was really well done. 
thank you. I want to thank Basho. 16, 1644 to 1694. He yeah. lived 50 incredible years. Yeah. But he was he was a drunk. Listen, just because you drink sake doesn't mean you're a drunk. No. Good point. All right. So, Vic, anyway, uh, I tweeted, you know, what inning do you think people will start getting drunk for the <laughs> Angel Hernandez drinking game tonight? Yeah. Mattress staging responds. Wait, this is a trick question. I've started drinking already now that I know uh, Angel Hernandez is in the house, let alone behind the plate. So uh, that was funny. a great response. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. If you want to jump on and explain what you're going to be doing, let us know. Because uh, it's going to be quite the night. Angel is back. There's an angel in the house. There's, a... <laughs> <laughs> There's an angel in the house. It's lit. Stories lighting up the sports headlines. by the man that was on earlier with us. Our dear friend Jacob Imrani. He's got a problem. He's got an answer. Best in the business. He is there 24 hours a day. You call Jacob at 844-24-JACOB. Accident or injury, call Jacob and Ronnie. Call Jacob. Speaking of angels in the house, did you see Vic's guy, Shohei Otani, last night there, Fred? Oh, yeah. What he did in Texas? Come on. Showing up and showing out. Just making history, by the way, being a starting pitcher to lead Major League Baseball, or at least be tied with many others, but still leading Major League Baseball in home runs as a starting pitcher. First person since Babe Ruth did it well over 100 years ago. It was amazing. He also got off to a bit of a slow start on the mound, allowed four runs in the first inning, shut him out the rest of the way, also scored three runs. Shohei Otani may be putting on a very impressive streak at this point in time. It could be one of the early, and it is very early, front runners for MVP if he keeps pitching and hitting this way, Fred. Did you guys see this? And, and I thought I saw it this morning, and I could be wrong. So I want you to dispel it. Did he get hurt? No, I don't believe so. No, no, he did not. Okay. Because I thought, I, I thought, oh, no. No, what a great story. Uh, what an incredible story. I mean, he's worth the price of admission. In an entertainment field, he's worth the price of admission. Guy can pitch, guy can hit. I think it's spectacular. What a terrific story. And now we'll see if the Angels get anything out of it. You know what I mean? I mean, people will be talking about the Angels more just because of Shohei Otani. Great for him. Great for the Angels. Uh, great for baseball. Uh, yeah, you just you just hope they are smart with this along the way because he's a tremendous talent, and sometimes you can fall in love and, and overwork a guy and overuse a guy. But, man, if, the, if it ended today... Yes, he would be MVP of the league. It's beyond babe. It's Shohei time, man. I've been telling you guys this is going to be his year because he's totally healthy. Last couple of years, remember Tommy John? He's been, you know, nursing a lot, a lot of ailments, and now he's totally in the flow with Joe Madden. Joe has, you know, let all the restrictions off of him, which. For some reason, there were restrictions, but he, you know, he struck out nine Rangers. He knocked in a pair. He scored three runs. He was going to steal a base, but Madden kind of said, Shohei, hold up. He wanted to steal a base as well, but he pitched the five. He got the win, got the two-run double, scored three runs. Who does that? I mean, this is stuff, you know, from a fantasy, from a baseball fantasy. This is Shohei Otani, Otani-san, uh, Gambate, which means rock on. Rock on, Otani-san. 
And if the Angels get some pitching, they should challenge for the division. A little bit of debate as to who should be the NBA's MVP. I know Joel Embiid has been on a tear lately. He's playing amazing. Nikola Jokic, one of the front runners. LeBron James would have been in the mix had he not gotten hurt. There's been a, uh, a bit of a groundswell of support recently for Chris Paul of the mm. Phoenix Suns. Might not have the greatest numbers, but being seen as a bit of a culture setter, culture changer with the Phoenix Suns, they are, have the second best record in all of the league just behind Utah. They've all recently beaten Utah. They beat Philadelphia and Milwaukee both on the road. They play the Clippers tomorrow and Utah again on Friday if they continue to play well. And Chris Paul is the catalyst for their turnaround. Do you think Chris Paul should be legitimately considered as an MVP candidate, Fred? Kevin, if you remember, I think it was maybe a month ago when we had this conversation. I said somebody that should be considered mm -hmm. but won't get any real consideration is Chris Paul for what he's done. Right. Yeah, I think he should be. I don't think he wins it, but I certainly think he should be given what he has done in Phoenix. I mean, he is the difference between a team that was okay and a team that's pretty good. You know, are they going to make any noise in the playoffs? Probably not, but that doesn't matter. The award is for the regular season, and he, more than anyone, turn that whole thing around. Yeah, I think he should be in the conversation, Rodney. Yeah, what what exactly does most valuable player mean? I mean, we're, we're giving that award and we're talking most valuable player. How do you not have him in the conversation? Certainly for Phoenix. Certainly for when you look around at teams and the impact that one player has had on a team and a franchise, hard to argue with putting him in the conversation, Fred and Vic. This, this, Chris Paul has been a leader where he's gone. He has certainly got that team. Remember, there was talks, oh, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're a fluke and, you know, they won't last. They won't have lasting power. They have, they have lasted the season and are playing some of their best basketball at the end of the season. So he, he definitely deserves some consideration. There's no doubt. Everyone forgets the Suns were 8-0 in the bubble last year, right? Chris Paul's a difference in that team. And last year, he, I mean, last night, CP3 goes into New York's Madison Square Garden and crushes my Knickerbockers and, and crushed, I believe, the MVP hopes of my man, Drew Randall, yet to be bar mitzvah. Yes. But are, they back, are they back to being your Knickerbockers, Vic? Always. Yeah. Always will be because even though the, you know, they're garbage, I still am attached to them because I grew up with them. Right. So I'm attached. I'm attached to that, you know, but this year is very special. But last night, Chris Paul made all the right plays. And, you know, the Knicks were very hot for Chris Paul in the offseason. Uh, they were wooing him and schmoozing him. Uh, I know uh, Leon Rose, the new uh, you know, head of head of operations for the Knicks, really likes Chris Paul. And they settled for Derrick Rose, who's been sensational. But they really wanted Chris Paul. But Chris went to Phoenix and not the Knicks. And you see the difference he's made in that son's, uh, uh, son's future, present and future. He's tremendous. And you know me, I'm not a big Chris Paul fan because he ripped a MVP award for my man, our man, the divine one, Kobe Bean Bryant. Kobe Bean Bryant. Do you remember that? He ripped it off. For some reason, he got the MVP and not Kobe. I think you mean Steve Nash. Uh, took I do one. mean. Yeah. Didn't Chris? Didn't Chris? No. Chris Paul win one? It's the other way around, Vic. Many people think that Kobe robbed Chris Paul of a. MVP. Oh well, that, that's nonsense. Yeah, well, that's nonsense. Just, that's that's where the argument comes in. I'm glad you. Well, brought Nash. Well, <laughs> well, Nash should give it back. Well, well, well put, Vic. Nash, give it back. <laughs> Steve Nash, give that MVP trophy back.
How did you get that? How did Steve Nash win that trophy? Uh, he doesn't play defense. Turn the Suns around, I guess, similar to how Chris Paul just did. I don't know. Uh, but I'm glad you brought up the Knicks, Vic. Uh, I saw, do you see what your guy Charles Oakley said? We're mm. talking about Zion Williamson and your guy, Drew Randall. He said recently on SiriusXM that he thinks Julius Randall is actually better than Zion Williamson. He says because Randall can do more and that Zion is just hype. In the playoffs, he'll be just like the Greek freak. They'll have a wall set up for him. He says Zion has to even make the playoffs. I will note myself that uh, Julius Randall and the Knicks have not made the playoffs yet themselves either. But Charles Oakley's assessment that Julius Randall is better than Zion Williamson, Fred. Uh, I got to tell you, I think Zion Williamson is better than Julius Randall. With all due respect to Charles Oakley. I, I think he's a much better player. I think Julius Randle's good now. Don't get me wrong. And I want him on my team. And I thought when the Lakers let him go some years ago, that was a mistake. But I, I, I'm going to have to err on the side of uh, Zion, Rodney. Wait, you said much better play, Fred? Yeah, I you think that ultimately Zion. he'll be a much better nah, player. Now you say ultimately. You said now. We're talking now. Right now? Not, right rather, now. I'd rather have Zion. You still think he's a much better player? than? I think he's a better Randall. player than Drew Randle. That's not what you said. Okay. Well, I think he is. Yeah, potentially. I think Zion, the upside of Zion's is, is off the charts um, if he stays healthy and keeps on playing. But right now, it's hard to argue because Julius Randle um, is doing everything. His game, has, since he left the Lakers, his game has gotten so much better. Um, inside, outside, drive. I mean, he is doing everything for the Knicks. And hard to argue with that argument. Down with Oak down with the oak man drew randall in them in this moment a vastly superior ball player than zion williamson and you guys know how i feel about zion i love zion but drew randall is playing at such an you know astronomical level and playing so well not, not only is he scoring rebounding he's passing and he's leading the team to the playoffs zion is you know leading the pelicans you know you know into into uh Maybe a, a cafe with some beignets, you know, in the offseason. That's about it. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kawhi. In the category of if a tree falls in a forest and no one's around, does it make a sound? Uh, Russell Westbrook making more history when it comes to triple doubles. 12 triple doubles in the month of April. That breaks the record previously held by Wilt Chamberlain back in 1968, the 175th of his career. Of course, if you don't know, he does play for the Washington Wizards, who are 27 and 34, but eligible for that play-in tournament there, Fred, at 27 and 34 in the season at the 10th seed. Uh, Russell Westbrook, are you at all still impressed by his triple doubles, or has it uh, has it uh, kind of fallen off by the wayside at this point in time, and not and it's a lot less impressive than it was say three years ago? You know what I'm impressed by Russell Westbrook. I mean, he's a terrific regular season player. He's really exciting. Plays really hard. Can't win a title. Won't. Um, but a fun guy to watch. I, I like that he leaves it on the court every time. He's had a great career. Uh, but his play is not conducive to winning a title. But he's exciting to watch. So I, I, I feel good for him. I'm glad he's doing it. Because really for him, it's going to be individual accomplishments, I think, Rodney. It, it, it is. And I just, I know people want to diminish it. The triple doubles, but not a whole lot of people are doing what he's doing or have done what he's done. It was so easy and it's just easy. It's not a big deal. 
then why don't we see multiple guys averaging triple doubles throughout the, the season? I mean, it, it, you know, part of them, yes, he probably goes out and is actually doing, but you you got to play. You, you got to rebound. You got to you got to you know you got to score. You got you got to do and play the game hard in order to achieve that. And I'm not going to take anything away from him from his accomplishments. And yes, it, it's tough in his style and where he's been to win championships, but the guy is a great individual player. Russell Westbrook. He balls with a disdain for death. Sublime in its essence. I've always loved this guy. And remember, he's also donated millions upon millions of dollars to UCLA. A proud Bruin alumnus at a losing a high school in Lawndale. Am I right? I believe it's in Lawndale. Yes. Yes. I don't want to face the Washington Wiz in the playoffs with Bradley Beal and Russell in the first round. I don't want to face Washington. They're dangerous. They're a da- they're a tough out. They're playing good ball the last few weeks. They're a tough out, man. I, I mean, they're not going anywhere, but you got to sweat if you're going to uh, say adios to Washington in the uh, postseason. So uh, Jake Paul has had some success in the ring. We we know what he did to Nate Robinson a while back. And then, of course, mm. the controversial victory. And you can't see me doing air quotes when I say victory versus Ben Askren recently. And he is now calling out Daniel Cormier, the former light heavyweight and heavyweight UFC champion. And in a recent interview, Cormier said this about Jake Paul. He says, I'm going to rip his face apart. I'm going to hurt him. I'm going to teach these kids not to continue to do this with people like me. But if he actually wants to fight with me, it's going to be in mixed martial arts. I'm telling you right now, I'm 42 years old, bad back and everything. I'm going to torture him. I'm going to hurt him. Cormier only wants to fight him in an MMA setting, not in a boxing setting. I guess if you're Jake Paul, Fred, would you take up Cormier and fighting him in an MMA match as opposed to a boxing match? No. (laughs) No, I wouldn't. You don't say. Oh, my God. Would it be fun to watch that? Yeah. Fun for who? Fun for me. Yeah. I'd like to see what happens if they tangled, but no, there's no way. I mean, that would that would seriously injure Jake Paul. You can't, you don't step into MMA if you don't know what you're doing, because that's going to be bad. What'd you say, Rodney, about a fight the other day? Sometimes you knock the guy out before he can get hurt worse. Something like that. I don't know what you just said. No, remember, <laughs> it was a the Aaron Donald thing, and the guy got knocked out. And you said, well, that's how you help him. You, you knock him out before the other people can <laughs> beat him. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah, in this situation, yeah. that, that's what needs to happen. Yeah. It, it, no, he doesn't want to do that. Daniel Cormier destroys people when he gets a hold of you. He, once he got a hold of Jake Paul, it would be, it'd be lights out. And he would he would torture him. He would tease him around. He'd get all, he'd ground him down to me, do all the things, break his arm and all those kind of things. So no, he doesn't. He doesn't want to get on on the mat with him. He, in fact, what's the guy he just beat? The, the MMA ben guy? Askren. He didn't. He doesn't want to fight him in an MMA format either. Even though he knocked him out in the boxing ring and asked, debatable whether that was legit or not. But he didn't want to. He doesn't want to fight any MMA guy in the ring because once they get him and get a hold of him, it's a whole different story. So absolutely not. And I know he came to the UFC last weekend and taunted. You know, Cormier and, and, and all those guys. And I know they're dying just to have some legitimate fighter go fight him. Um, 
and, and maybe that'll happen soon. But it's, it's still the, the, the credibility aspect of, of what he's doing is still not quite there until he fights somebody kind of in the in his prime and, and can actually fight and not smiling after he gets knocked out. I'm digging this whole Jake Paul freaky saga. I mean, here's a guy no one heard of. Really came at a virtual obscurity, no? Oh, and a lot of kids know him for sure. Yeah. He's a big online a big star. star. Online star, but in, 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 in terms of, you know, professional martial arts or boxing, no one knew from Jake Paul. Yes, he has three fights, professional fights to, the, to uh, so far. So what he's done is blaze this incredible story, and it's exciting. I want him to. I want him to keep going. I, I don't want to see him messed up. I don't want. I don't want Cormier to hurt him. I don't want Cormier to uh, destroy him or torment him. I want Jake Paul to keep winning. I think it's fun. It really he separates himself from the pack. It, it makes it makes sports you know kooky. I dig it. I dig the Jake the Jake Paul saga. Are you guys with me on that? No, no, uh, not at all. No, okay, no. all right, listen. That is like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> no, listen, I'm losing. <laughs> that's, what's, that's what's lighting up the headlines. Kevin's been great. Sometimes the things we're afraid of are the things we shouldn't be afraid of. And we'll talk about that next. If you missed any of Rogan and Rodney, you can podcast it on the iHeartRadio app. Rogan and Rodney. AM 570 LA Sports. The villain ain't rhyming off bread alone. Let him get some cognac, a mic, and a headphone. Smoke and mirrors, call her in the mix. Couldn't read the shorthand. That's right, Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan. Coming at you on a Tuesday. Hope you're doing good today. Did it on the we slide. Before it's gone bye bye. Spit it yeah, the show's flown by today. Yeah. All good. Yeah, and, and Dodger fans, it's all good. It is. It is all good. Right. There's no reason to panic. I, I know some people are concerned. We've had your call. Last hour, we took some calls. You need not be concerned. There's a couple of things, though, as they get ready to go again tonight against Cincinnati. It's Walker Bueller on the hill tonight. A couple of things, though, I think are, are fair to, to bring up. It's April. It's early. You're just getting started. But I, I think there are a couple of things that can be addressed, and we, we talked with uh, Ned Coletti about that, Rodney, last hour. Number one, it's a pet peeve. We've talked about it for years. Last night, it was never more evident. When you have Mookie Betts on third base, and he literally could reach down and touch home plate with the size lead he has, because the shift is on. There's nobody over there. And the Dodgers don't bunt. Now, Corey Seager was up in that situation. Of course, he he did what he needed to do then. But as a general rule, when you've got the shift on, if you just knew how to bunt, it would change the entire dynamic. They couldn't shift on you. And if they didn't shift on you, you'd have openings and spaces to hit the ball. So we asked Ned Coletti about teams' inability or refusal to bunt. It would be something I would make sure player development works on. You'll, you'll stop the shift. There's no way to defense it if there's no, no fielder anywhere near it. You don't have to lay it down where it, where it, it, it dies on the dirt be- between the chalk line and the grass. All you've got to do is keep it fair and get it 25 feet off the plate. But it's, it's, it's another tool that you could use. You could use the running tool. You could use the bunting tool and change a game. 
Every every hit is valuable. Every run you score is it's how they keep score. I know there's a, a million analytics out there. End of the day, the most important one for me is runs scored. How many are you scoring? How many are you keeping off the board? That's how they until they determine the standing some other way. You know that's still the most important thing. Rodney, you played baseball in college. You could have yep. played in the major leagues. When you were playing, and I'm not saying it was the Stone Ages, but it was a few years ago. Wow, wow, Fred. No, I'm uh, wondering. Yeah. Did they teach you to bunt? Oh, that was the big thing we did. Everybody knew how to bunt, and especially if, if you were a pitcher, you really knew how to bunt because that's all you did. But, yeah, position players, we, we certainly we started off every batting practice every single day with bunting, bunting to the right, bunting to the left. And we would take notice, at least I would, every time I came up to plate, if as a right-handed hitter, and I, I wasn't a great bunter, but I, I could I could lay a bunt down if need be. But as a right-handed hitter, if the third baseman was deep, to keep him honest, I would lay a bunt down early in a game. And then from that point on, he wouldn't play very deep. He would play, you know, level with the bag or on the grass just to make sure I wasn't going to bunt. Um, so, yeah, it, it's got to at least be that threat, Fred, of, of a bunt coming your way. Nowadays, there's not even a threat, and the guys are not even thinking bunt, and neither is the defense. I don't understand how professional players, and we were told that it's it's an art that they really don't even work on anymore. They just don't even work on it. It's not part yeah. of the game. Why, if you could take an extra tool to build a house, and the tool would help you build the house more efficiently, why wouldn't you use that tool if you have it in your toolbox? Do you want, you see how they shift on on Max Muncy? It's absurd. I mean, uh, San Diego took it to a whole different level having Manny Machado in left and right field. I mean, he played deeper than anybody I've seen on the shift, where they moved the third baseman to that side of the field and 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 put it deeper. Um, but just one or two, even just to show it, maybe not even bunt, but show it as if you're going to do it. Maybe first time up, second time up, show it, and and it, it would do something to it. Everybody talks about changing the rules and moving guys either side of the bag, two guys on either side of the bag. I like that. But bunting would eliminate a lot of the shifting. Yeah, I don't know if you've noticed this. It's, and, and maybe I, I think I have noticed it, or, or maybe I'm exaggerating it. It seems to me in the games the Dodgers have lost, there are times they've hit the ball hard. Oh, yeah. But analytically. Right at people. Right. I will give the other teams credit because analytically – they know exactly where to stand. I mean, yeah. precisely where to stand. Balls up the middle, vacuumed up. A shot to right, vacuumed up. And, and especially, you know, we all we're talking a lot about Mookie and Corey Seager kind of being in a slump. But if you go analyze their their hits and non hits this season and, and the putouts, they've hit some balls. I mean, I've seen Corey Seager hit the ball multiple times right up the middle, where you normally think, oh, that's a hit. And same with Mookie Betts. It's right up the middle. You think it's hit. It's not because the defense is positioned properly. Okay. Something else that we have noticed is that when runners get on against the Dodgers, haven't seen it in the past or anything like this, they are taking off and running. I mean, it is like smooth sailing. Guys are just at first, boom, gone. A lot of teams are stealing against the Dodgers. So should the Dodgers run more on the bases? Stolen base left the game for about five years, which I never really understood why, because it, it makes your defense 
It makes your defense execute. It makes a pitcher think about something besides just a hitter. I think it's a game changer, and we're starting to see it that way. We're starting to see teams that are taking advantage of it with the Dodgers. And the Dodgers can run, too. They've got some guys that can run, too. Whether or not they decide that that's the type of game they, they want to play, we'll have to see. But, you know, it's a, it's a difference maker. When you've got San Diego stealing five bases a night, you know, the, every 90 feet's important. So you've got, you've got five extra increments of 90 feet that – that a team is taking advantage of you. Yeah, there's a there's a school of thought that says, well, you don't want to give out the give up the outs. Yes, but if you time it all and analytically you look at it, you know the the, the runner's got to either overslide the bag or do one of those pop up slides where they come off for a split second. If you got the timing right, mathematically they can't throw you out if you got the right jump. So take advantage of them. Yeah, yeah. What I, I always was always taught is you, you steal the base on the pitcher, not the catcher. Right. Right? So the catcher can have the best arm in the world, be the best catcher in baseball, but you steal the base on the pitcher. And that's what teams have been doing to the Dodgers. They've been stealing on the pitchers. And you, we saw the Padres do it where, you know, it may be one out. You're looking to get into double play, and they're running. And all of a sudden, they take you out of the double play situation. They got a guy in scoring position. They're playing aggressive baseball. I loved it. Uh, and by the way, you can hear all of Ned's interview because Ned is always fantastic. I thought he was really good today. He's always good. But today is pretty honest about bunting and stealing. You can listen to it on the iHeartRadio app. The show is podcast every day. Just download the free iHeartRadio app. Check out the podcast of our show, Petros and Money, everybody on the station. And also, you can listen live, streaming. As you're walking around, take us with us. Take us with you wherever you go. Kevin, you want to do sad sack when we come back? Do we have time? All right. Sad sack when we come back. I mean, that is just sad. <laughs> sad sack of the day. All right. Got to do it. Sad sack. Utah Jazz forward. Boyan Bogdanovich. One for 11 from the field last night. Seven points in the loss to Minnesota. With a loss, the Jazz saw their record fall to 44-16. and 16. They've got a two-and-a-half game lead over Phoenix, best mark in the West. Sad sack. Brian Bogdanovich, Utah Jazz. Ronnie and Kevin, thank you. Great job today, as always. Rodney, have a good afternoon. We're off tomorrow for Dodger Baseball, back on Thursday. Where everybody try to fatten their pocket. So many hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces.